from Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm PJ Vogt. And I'm Alex Goldman. All right, Alex, what are we doing here today? So a couple days ago, I got to interview a person who I consider like my interviewing white whale, I guess you could say. Like it's someone I've always wanted to interview and actually put a considerable amount of effort into inter- trying to get to interview. His name's um, Longmont Potion Castle. Just hearing that, I'm sure you know how obsessed I am with this guy. Yes, I do. I feel like as long as I've known you, you've been like, I'm going to get in touch with Longmont Potion Castle. (laughs) Yeah, and getting to talk to him was like a total dream come true to me. For anybody who does not know who Longmont Potion Castle is, he is this very mysterious guy who has been making just these super, super weird prank phone calls for like 30 years. And basically all that I know about him is that he's a musician, he's really into heavy metal, and he lives in Colorado, so he makes all of his calls there. Is that true? I didn't yes. know that even. I didn't know yes. that was a known thing. And like, I discovered him at this time when there were tons of file sharing programs and everybody's using like LimeWire and stuff. And not only could you search for albums that you were looking for, once you found it, you could then go through that person's entire music library and just take whatever you wanted. It was like having a cool older brother or something, but there or a cool older sister, but there's like a billion of them. Right. And and so one day I was looking at some random person's list of music and I found a bunch of Longmont albums and I started listening to them and I just immediately fell in love. Huh. And the thing that I loved so much about Longmont Potion Castle is that it sounded really different than any of the popular prank phone calls I'd heard before. Like, it sounds nothing like the Jerky Boys. Yeah, it doesn't feel mean to me. And prank calls can feel mean. Totally. And there's a couple things that make Longmont Potion Castle calls so special. One of them is that he uses all these weird effects on his voice. Like, it'll speed up and slow down. It just sounds crazy. But he also just has this very strange relationship to language. Listening to Longmont Potion Castle is kind of like listening to a person from another planet who knows every word in the English language but has just learned how to speak it today. So let me play you a couple things. Um, So like a good example of his sense of humor is like he calls this uh, record store and he's like, Hi, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Super. Um, I was looking for that that R&B single. Who? The R&B single. It's like trick, triple check, check. Double check, triple check, check, triple double check, trip, triple double. You don't know what it's called? Triple double check, check, triple double double check, triple triple check, double double triple double check, triple 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 check, triple double double check, triple double double check, double double triple. It's like that. Okay, hold on. Otis King, I think. Excuse me? I think it's by Otis King. Otis King? Yeah. Okay, hold on. It's like it's like triple double flip, rim a couple double chip. Double chip, double trip, yeah. double triple chip. It's like it's like triple double flip, rim a couple double chip. Double chip, double trip, yeah. double triple chip. Triple double flip, rim a couple double. Chip. So I was wondering how late you're open to. Trip, yeah, triple triple chip. It's like, it's like... Hello. Yeah, how late you're? How late you're open? We're open till ten. Or, um. <laughs> <laughs> Or he calls up, like, an outdoor apparel store. Matthew, my name's Schneider Webb. Yes, sir. I wanted to get outfitted like a swamp donkey. Sorry? Something of that nature. Okay, I don't know what a swamp donkey is. What's a swamp donkey? You gotta, you gotta help me out. 
Well, you know, I'm a shepherd. That's something I encountered many times over the years, and I'm a herder. Okay. You know, I'm usually the one <laughs> leading the charge. Yeah. Um, so are you... Yeah. Are you looking for something with greater protection? Are you looking for, like, a rain jacket or a shell? Or are you actually looking for a costume? I'm looking for a husk. Oh. A husk? Yeah. So whenever I'm really bummed out, putting on a Longmont Potion Castle album is sort of like the quickest way to turn my mood around. And so for a long time, I've been trying to get in touch with him to do an interview. And about a year and a half ago, um, I sent him an email, and he responded and said he was agreeable to the idea of an interview, but that he'd hurt his foot. And in order to do it, he wanted some painkillers. And I was like, oh, huh. No, oh, huh. There's no rule of, like, journalistic or just human ethics where you can give somebody prescription painkillers. I was just like, I was like, what I said, what I've, Basically, how I felt was I'm shocked that he responded and even slightly more shocked that he responded this way. Do you think he was joking, not joking, or either? I have no idea. It's impossible to tell. So I wrote back and said, you know, I can't do that, but I'd still like to talk to you. And he said? Nothing. So I probably sent him 50 emails over the course of however many years. I sent him about two a month. And then... Late 2016, I sent my bi-monthly email to Longmont asking for uh, an interview, and he agreed to talk to me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hello. Hello, is Alex there, please? Uh, yeah, this is Alex. Uh, who am I speaking with? Uh... This is Longmont. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Oh, shoot. Uh, I suppose you'd like the truth. I've had some rough patches this week, but I'm not trying to go there. I'm good right now. Well, thank you. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. So let me ask you, wh- how many prank phone calls have you done this week? Oh. Um, uh, 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 you know, it's a, maybe a fractional number. If you round, round it up, we could round it off or sand it off or turn it up. <laughs> what I recommend. So, so what were what was the first what was the first prank phone call you did? What was that one like? We would call people we knew in junior high, and uh, the people I was with uh, promptly walked away from it, but it stuck with me. And I never stopped. So, <laughs> that what what is it that that made you stick or, stick with it? I, I I just speak to people and in a certain way, and people around would say, "What is with this guy?" People I knew would say, "Oh, that's just his way. That's his way." Is what they'd say. And I was like, "Oh, that's my way, is it?" Okay. So I just took that onto the phone. 
You don't know what the fuck you want. Something like that. <laughs> That's kind of how I would describe it. Awesome. Yeah. Place a catering order for pickup or delivery. Or if you. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. <laughs> I just lost him. Are you still there? Hey, man, I lost you there for a second. I'm really sorry. Oh, it's okay. So, is it oh. is it usually fun? Right now, I'm having so much fun. It's awesome. There have been times where there was a lull. What does that feel like? Just, uh, is this ever going to get done? Is this good enough? You know, uh, just uncertainty. And then maybe you're talking to people who really want to hurt your feelings. Take it a little too personally and just really try to try to cut you down really far and stuff. And, you know, I usually shake it off. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I don't, is this going anywhere? You know, so those, those sorts of vibes. In those times, have you ever thought about giving it up? Uh, uh, there was, there was a period in the nineties. I, I was done. I was sure I was never going to do it anymore. What was making you want to quit? Personal problems, hmm. as my dad dad used to say. Oh, that sounds like a personal problem, son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Quiet down, you guys. <laughs> okay. Um. So, you know, one of the things about your calls that I like so much is that in like 30 seconds or a minute, you manage to create like a world that's so disorienting for people where just nothing makes sense. You know, you call the Gomez residents and then when they say the Gomez. What can I do for you? (laughs) Yeah. And then you say when the Gomez. I'd like to to file a police report. Yeah, well, call the Harbor Division. Well, can you help me out? You think you're having fun, you jack-off son of a bitch? Wow. That's harsh. How do you... Sorry about that. That's okay. How do you deal with people talking to you like that? I, I jump into my uh, diesel truck, my Ford Ram, and I hop out there and uh, kick, kick up my boots a little bit left and right. So what about when you prank celebrities like Dick Dale, Gigi Allen... 
Alex Trebek? Like, how do you get these numbers and why are these the guys you want to call? They all have their own particular, uh, uh, you know, stories that co- correlate with them like any, like any person would. How did you get in touch with Gigi Allen? Uh, I wrote to him and uh, at one point said, hey, would you want to put out a split cassette with my noise band that I had at the time? And we're just sort of a harsh noise band. Uh, as like a suburban harsh noise band. <laughs> and he did. He sent us this live recording of him getting in a fight with the audience members. It was pretty wild. And then I got $20 together and I sent it to him for his videotape. And I never heard from him after that. So I was like, after a month, I wrote him a letter. I'm like, hey, what happened there? I, I sent you $20 and all of a sudden I didn't hear from you anymore. He's like, oh, I never got it. And I was like, all right. So uh, that that was uh, what triggered that. I decided to call him in the middle of the night and bug him because he took $20 from me. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so earlier you said you have a certain way about you. How much uh-huh. of you is, like, how much is Long Mom Potion Castle and how much is uh, whoever you are outside of your calls? Or are they just the same guy? Um. I have, I have, uh, uh, you know, the requisite amount of professionalism in life, uh, but that's always under the surface. Just wanting to um, to break out of the mundane, you know, to shake off all the commonplace stuff that is everywhere I turn and stuff. But that's a tricky question. That's a tricky question. So, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you so bad is that when I was in college, I just had this, Uh I had this really sort of, I discovered Longmont when I was in college, which would have been about 2001, 2002. And I had like a lot of sort of personal setbacks. I was depressed. I was like self-harming. I got hospitalized for depression for a while. But uh, when I got out, I was a flower delivery driver. And I just started burning Longmont tracks onto CDs and driving around listening to them. And I remember, I remember finding Longmont CDs at that time. Like I remember driving the car, the the van around, and like laughing so hard that I had to pull over and like compose myself because I was losing my mind. Well, hey, you know, you know, I'm glad that you came back from the depths there and uh, that I could play a part in that. that that's awesome. And like, it, and like rad. every time I feel like every time I'm in like kind of a dark place, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to your albums because like, how do I put it? I feel like the world when you're depressed really doesn't make much sense, but it makes, doesn't make sense in a way that's sort of foreboding and shitty and confusing. And then, right. And then right, I right. can listen to your albums and like I hear non I hear a world that doesn't make sense, but it doesn't make sense in like a way that's safe and joyful and feels really good. I think that's a great way of putting it. I really do. And there's really only so much you can say about it with in terms of descriptors. It's just something to experience or not experience. Um but in terms of a descriptive so that's among the best I've heard. So thank you. Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. Oh. 
Do you have a favorite? Um, that's one of my probably my last question for you. Do you have a favorite album or or period or section or track? I'm just would like to know. There are like there's like a series of amazing calls on volume four. There's like the one where you call the coffee shop and ask him if you can have bruschetta. Guy's so confused by you. Bruschetta. Yeah, bruschetta. 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 There we go. That was the Bruschetta setting right there. Yeah, thank you. And then uh, the one where you call Twist and Shout and you ask them for the Triple Double Flip song. Uh, um, Twist and Shout hates me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ba- I'm banished from their store. I really am. Like, in person you're banished? Do they know you by sight? Yeah, they know me. I'm definitely banned from going in there. But, uh, what, how, do, how do they know you? How did you feel after you talked? I felt great. It felt like getting to hang out with, um, I don't know how many therapists you've seen in your life, but so few are very effective. Yes. And um, he's sort of like the perfect therapist for me. So it was like getting to, getting to, it was like two hours of therapy talking to this guy. You guys talked for two hours? (laughs) (laughs) We had a lot of gibberish to work through. And also, um, I asked him if he would do some prank phone calls with me. And he was totally game to do it. Um, so he started trying to call celebrities. Um, first, we tried J.J. Abrams. J.J. Oh, J.J., baby. Hi, we're not home right now. Please leave a message and we'll call you back. Thank you. We tried Jeremy Piven. We tried Tony Danza. No one picked up. So instead, we called my dad. I've got this pancake makeup. Uh like from a clown. Um, All right, you've I, got the wrong person, man. So you're you're Goldman, right? Can I put this uh, makeup on you a little later? See how it looks. My dad hung up pretty much right away. So last we called my friend Dave. Hi, is Dave there? Mm-hmm. I I've got a I've got a submarine sandwich that uh that I'm supposed to bring you. Shanghai Lil ga- uh, gave it to me and. Um, it comes with a frisbee and a few other neat things. It's kind of neat, kind of fun. You're trying to give me a submarine sandwich? Yeah. I just need to get with you a little bit. Get together, yeah. you know. It was perfect. It was everything I wanted from a conversation with this guy. Do you feel like now does it feel weird? Does it feel different listening to his stuff? No. His his uh 13th album just came out. And uh what's your favorite track? Well, he really was into this track called Neighborly Melange, which automatically oh, just uh, it hits me in my sweet spot. <laughs> there's some weird sounds in there. But he he said he was saying like, so I've got this track on my new album where it's just like everything I said matched up perfectly with this person's life. Like he was saying gibberish, but to them it made perfect sense. Oh, that's funny. So he was like, "Listen. Here's what you need to do." I need I'm hearing tons of noise from your house partner. I need you to I need you to shut up your cats, keep your dogs quiet. I need you to turn the fish light. I need you to stop the fish from making all that noise and I need you to quit playing the kettle drums. <laughs> and the and the guys like, "Listen. My dog, he's like sick. He can't even bark." <laughs> 
my cats don't make any noise, fish can't make noise, <laughs> and we sold our kettle drums six months ago. <laughs> it's like really wonderful. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's a half an hour long. It's a half an hour long? <laughs> that one track? <laughs> yeah. God. I bet you there is no bigger fan of his stuff than you. I'd like to think so. You can pick up the latest Longmont Potion Castle album and all of his other albums at longmontpotioncastle.com. And there are a couple guys working on a documentary about him called Where in the Hell is the Lavender House? Um, keep an eye out for it. It's been a strange week. After the break, we'll be back with Shruti Pinamanani. Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag tall tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th, U.S. only. See store online for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome back to the show. This is Shruti, and I'm a reporter on this show, but I have this rule in my family that on the weekends, I will not check Twitter. This weekend, that rule was thrown out the window. Um, On Friday, President Trump signed an executive order that basically banned citizens from seven different countries 
whether they had, you know, even people who had visas to come to the United States, um, he said that people from Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen would not be allowed into the country. He also banned indefinitely refugees from Syria. And I was just glued to my phone screen Friday, Saturday, Sunday, watching the entire fallout. It was particularly jarring for me because I've been in this country for several years, uh, but I'm not a citizen. I have a green card. And for the first time, I was very confused as to what that meant because a green card is, it's called a permanent resident card. And suddenly things didn't feel so permanent anymore. And while I was on Twitter, I noticed a colleague of mine from Gimlet, Nazneen Rafsanjani, I could see that whatever was happening around the ban was, it really touched a nerve in her. And I remembered that her family actually, she came from Iran when she was a young child. Um, You know, and Iran is one of the countries on that list of temporarily banned countries. And I also remembered that there's this other show at Gimlet called Twice Removed who had done this entire, like, long story that was centered around Nazanin and her family. And I listened and the whole thing just felt so relevant to everything that was happening. And so I wanted to talk to Nazanin about it. But first, let me just play you a short clip from that episode. You're going to hear Nazanin's mom, her sister, talking about living in Iran in the year 1979. The year that I got pregnant by Nazanin, it was a year that they forbidden everything, alcohol and Western movie, and they put a hijab in a woman's head. My least favorite part, which I absolutely hated, was the um, this thing they, they call the maghna'e, which is like a lycra almost fabric that would cover your hair. I hated that. And I just didn't understand why the boys didn't have to wear that, and I did. And I would get in trouble. Everything was tighter and tighter and harder to breathe for women. It was horrible, horrible. They take your identity. They take everything, who you are, what you think. It's feel like you're trapped. You're in a wheel that you just keep... Just keep... Uh, screaming and nobody hear you and on top of all that there's a war happening between Iran and Iraq and so Nazanin's neighborhood in Tehran was getting regularly bombed and so finally her parents decide to leave i had all these questions for Nazanin like how is this different from the syrian refugees who are trying to leave syria so I asked her, I, like, I don't even know anything about what it means to apply. How, how does a refugee become a refugee? I only know that the, like, you know, student visa to H-1B visa, to, like that whole track, which yeah. is totally different. Yeah, yeah, that's totally, that is a completely different track than the way um, my family came here, which is that they uh, applied for asylum, um, which is also a different track than um, getting here as a refugee, a refugee is somebody who they are outside the country. Mm -hmm. And from outside the country, they're making the case um, that they need to 
be somewhere else from where they are mm-hmm. because their life is in such grave danger. And and so that's what the Syrian refugees are, are facing now. My family completely like we lucked out and we we got we got visas. So oh. we we left Iran. We like went, a travel, like a tourist visa. A tourist visa. Oh, we got a tourist visa, and we left Iran, which must have been hard. Like, was it hard? It back was very then? hard. Okay, there was no American embassy in Iran at that time. There still is no American embassy in Iran. So um, we went to Turkey. Uh-huh. Um, we applied for tourist visas, and we got them. And we, it was just, it was literally just. I mean, it was just luck dumb luck sorry you're just totally blowing my mind right now just like in the 1980s so i was a kid in india and i just remember like if you drove by the u.s embassy you'd just feel like you'd see these lines of people who'd spent you know people who'd slept there but even to get a tourist visa you had to show you had a lot of money in your bank account like you had reason yeah to stay in the country that you're coming from yeah and so okay so you you arrive in the states yeah and how do you get asylum status? Um, so you need a lawyer, which we, ha- which my parents were able to find a lawyer in Minnesota who decided to help us. And to get asylum, you have to be you have to be considered by the U.S. government as being part of some persecuted class. And these classes are very they're like very defined. And so uh, my family's lawyer defined my mom as a part of a persecuted class, which was um, Iranian women who were opposed to the regime. And so we went through that process. Um, and it wasn't until I was, so we moved here when I was six. It wasn't until I was 16 mm-hmm. that that I got my American citizenship. And was this whole story, I mean, coming from Iran, seeking asylum, was it a thing that Day to day, you were always aware of or or thinking about. Um, no, it, it definitely wasn't something I thought about on a daily basis. You know, ever or like growing up, or it. I only, I only ever felt like everyone else here, until on honestly until now, like really until now, from last Friday <laughs> until now. Like I mean, it's like four days. It, that's how that's that's what I mean. So I actually wanted to ask you about this one tweet of yours that for me was like totally a punch in the gut was um, you had this picture of the Syrian man, I think, or or yeah, it was a Syrian refugee holding a boy. Of course, it's like we see these pictures all the time. But you wrote like, does America feel great again? It's just a lack of imagination that separates you and your children from these people. Yeah. That I think that picture, it's it just it like for me, it goes back to like I relate to them in that I know I know now the the desperation my parents had of like leaving the country that they loved and wanted to stay in mm-hmm. and only left because they felt like they had no other option. Um, someone responded to that tweet being like, so what you're saying is like everyone has a right to be. It, being a U.S. citizen is a human right. Yeah. And what I was trying to say was that it's actually the opposite. It's not actually anyone's right. It's it's just, like, dumb luck. And I think that that's, I think that that's all I was trying to say, is that, like, I, it's my dumb luck that I got to move here, and it's, like, your dumb luck that you were born here. And um, neither of us 
really did anything to de- to deserve it. Um, and so, and so, like saying that some people don't deserve it and others do is is just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Um, and like like you, it's like my most. I think like that kind of like patriotism, I guess, is the right word for it about the United States is like, it's really like my most earnest feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been my most earnest feeling. Like, I, I'm embarrassed. I feel like a little embarrassed about it. Like, it's not, <laughs> it, it's never been cynical. Like, I really have always felt like, yeah, like, it's, it's like, you're lucky if you live here. And it's fucking awesome to live here. And like, and, and it's, it's like, just by virtue of being here, you're like one of the luckiest people on earth. I really feel that way. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I think that that felt and feels like threatened. And it, that's why I think I was reacting that way. You can follow Nazanin on Twitter at Naz Raf, N-A-Z-R-A-F. And also definitely check out the twice-removed episode that features her and her family. It's incredibly moving. And the ending, just wait for the ending. Reply All is hosted by PJ Vote and me, Alex Goldman. We're produced by Shruti Pinamanani, Fia Benin, Chloe Persinos, and Damiano Marchetti. We're edited by Tim Howard and Jorge Just. Production assistance this week from Sangeeta Ryasam. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is by Build Buildings. We were mixed by Rick Kwan. Special thanks this week to Sharina Ong, Tom Cody, and also to Vivek Venkatesh and David Hall, who are working on the Longmont Potion Castle documentary. Matt Lieber is a world that doesn't make sense in a way that is safe and joyful and feels really good. You can find more episodes of the show at iTunes.com slash replyall or wherever you get your podcasts. Our website is replyall.soy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Did you know that cars are basically just drum machines on wheels?